unlike the earlier chapters in Tanya where pretty much each chapter stood alone, the last few chapters really built on one from another. Chapter 20, 21, 22, it's really a logical essay which explores various elements as we've been doing in the past few days, the role of how God interacts in the world, speech, symptom, um, how he interacts with the negative within this world. But based on the fact, in chapter 27 he says, based on the fact that we said that everything comes from God, including evil, but that when Hashem creates evil, he does it reluctantly and very superficially, we can understand on the total polar opposite of the spectrum what a mitzvah is. See, there are things that God does reluctantly. There are things that God does passively. Not reluctantly, but like, not so excitedly, like the world itself. It's neutral. But then there's the stuff that makes Hashem happy, that, that connects us to Hashem, a mitzvah. You could imagine what that means that Hashem and the mitzvahs are one, as the Zohar says, that the Torah and God are totally one. Because as we said, obviously God's one with everything, but it's a very reluctant or passive, disinterested unity. Then there's the unity Hashem has with Torah and mitzvahs, which is an incredibly passionate unity, because mitzvahs are called the organs of the king. Just as the body's organs are totally surrendered to the soul and are vehicles for its expression, so if the soul wants to move, the body moves, etc., so too the mitzvahs are pure and absolute expressions of God's innermost desire. It is these mitzvahs which facilitate the flow of godly energy into the worlds. God is in his mitzvahs. When you're learning Torah, you're touching God. When you're putting on tefillin, you're touching God. When you're eating kosher food and making a bracha, you're touching God. Because again, God's everywhere, but where is he with his entire will and desire? In a mitzvah. The word mitzvah in Aramaic comes from the word safta, together. Mitzvahs bind us with our creator. Now again, and I'm just sorry for repeating it over and over, everything is godliness. But it's a disinterested godliness. So when you're doing a sin, you're obviously touching godliness, but you're touching a very superficial, a part that God doesn't want. So you're connecting in a place that like, oh gosh, like I don't want you to be here. I'll give you a, 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 you know, maybe a graphic example. You know, even a, a, a person that's like deeply in love still wants their privacy when they go to the bathroom. Okay, why? Because yeah, we're, we're in love and we appreciate each other, but ultimately like, you don't belong here. Yes, you're going to see me, but this is not the me I want you to see. This is not the way I want you to connect. So too, when a person connects, you know, so-called thinks they're connecting to God by doing something that's against God's will. It's like, yeah, I'm here, but what are you doing here? Get out. Versus when you're connecting to the person where they want to be connected, where they want to be bound with you, where they're actually interested and yearning for the connection. That is what a mitzvah is. When you fulfill a mitzvah, the limb of your body engaged in this mitzvah and the energy used to perform this mitzvah all become batel, they become nullified. 
to God, like a chariot to its rider, as we said in the previous chapters. In other words, when I put on tefillin on my hand, my hand loses its ego or its sense of self and becomes God. Each limb that you use for a mitzvah gives itself over to Hashem. So the summary of today's Tanya, what is at the heart of a mitzvah? Not that God's there. It's that God wants to be there and he wants you there. And there's nothing as beautiful as a relationship when the two partners want to be in this relationship and crave the intimacy that comes 